Well, we'll get out of here sometime this afternoon. Amen. But uh, let's see, what time is it? It's only 20 minutes till 11. Isn't that nice? Amen. No, it's 20 minutes till 12, but uh, we're, going to buy, we're going to go by St. Louis time. Amen. But it certainly is nice to be here, and I think about uh, what the pastor said about dropping names, but the main thing he dropped was the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God called him, and uh, he said to me one time we had worked together, I didn't even want him to ever leave, and, uh, but he said to me, he said, Brother Clayton, I think God's opened the door for me to go to New York City and start a church. And I said, oh, no, Pete, forget it. You're going to stay with me forever. He said, no. Brother Clayton, when I joined up with you, I told you that God had laid it on my heart to go to the East Coast and start churches. And I uh, reluctantly agreed. Uh, But uh, he has certainly been God's man on the job here in this church and in this area for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just thank God for the opportunity of being able to know him and his wife and family all these years and being able to uh, watch and see the things develop that has developed here and seeing the things that God has used and blessed, of course, uh, deserves our greatest attention. And we're thankful for all of this. The opportunity of being here today is certainly something I've been looking forward to for a long time. And we celebrate today, amen? amen. This is a celebration. But you know, uh, you know, it's nothing new for us born-again people to uh, be celebrants because we celebrate all the time all the various things that goes along with knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Like, uh, for instance, uh, the church at Jerusalem, uh, when they... Uh, when they uh, uh, started in the city of Jerusalem. They met on the first day of the week because that's the uh, day that the Lord uh, was raised from the dead. And almost all of their meetings together was a celebration of the resurrection. And so every Sunday morning, we celebrate the resurrection. And uh, we, uh, we celebrate it because we know that Christ is alive And He lives in us, and because He lives in us, we shall be alive forever and ever within Him. Amen? Amen. And that's a celebration. I don't know if you like to celebrate or not, but I love to celebrate. One of my problems is I like to celebrate with food too much. You know, if you leave food out of celebrations, you wouldn't have much, right? Amen? But uh, I like... uh, I, I, I really regret that I can't be here for the international dinner because I love to celebrate this international dinner you have around here with all these international people bringing all this international food in here. Amen? I just wish that it could go on for a week instead of just one occasion. But uh, uh, we celebrate, and I like celebrations. And the fact of the matter is, when our family get together, our Clayton family... We, uh, we always celebrate. We celebrate one another. We celebrate the Lord. We celebrate uh, various things. And we, when we get together, we call it a Clayton clan commotion. 
And that's about what it is. And we have a good time of celebrating. And we're celebrating around here this week. Amen. We're celebrating uh, the fact that God has uh, established this church here. That's a celebration. We uh, celebrate... uh, we celebrate the victories that the Lord has given in our lives. Amen. We think about the fact that uh, before Christ, what we were, and now what we are today, the marvelous uh, experience of being born again and becoming a brand new creature in Christ, uh, all of those things are uh, extreme joy and happiness to our heart, and we celebrate. Now, we also cel- we're also going to celebrate... When we get to heaven, I don't know if you know this or not, but the kingdom of God is a party. We're going to have a big time in heaven. It's a, think of what, what the Lord's got planned for us in that great celebration in heaven. It's going to be way beyond our fondest dreams now. We could not uh, at all understand what God is able to do with, uh, with having a celebration in heaven. So we're looking forward to that. But we celebrate this morning, and we celebrate all the victories that God has given us. Now, I'd like for you to open your Bible with me, please, to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. A very famous and, and uh, a favorite uh, scripture for any occasion like this is what God says to Joshua uh, when Joshua was going to take the children of Israel across the... Uh, Jordan River over into the promised land. Let me just give you a little bit of a background. You remember that God had uh, taken all of Israel into Egypt. And there they had been developed and multiplied and become a big nation. And then God wanted them out of Egypt back into the Holy Land where he originally wanted them to be. And so uh, God sent uh, uh, Moses a preacher of righteousness, a a great man of God, uh, to deliver the people out of the hands as as slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. Uh, Deliver them out of the hands of the slave masters and take them in through the wilderness and across the Red Sea down into the the promised land, which God had promised uh, to give to the children of Israel. And, uh, uh, of course... uh, there was a lot of conflicts in getting there, a lot of bad decisions by the, the great numbers of, uh, of uh, those children to uh, uh, really to distrust God and rely upon their own knowledge and their own abilities. And uh, God had to teach them that that was wrong. So they had to stay in the wilderness 40 years. It was a terrible trip and a terrible time. You know, sometimes God's got to put us through some Pretty difficult times to get our attention, amen? And uh, you probably heard the old story about the man that was selling the mule. And uh, he said, uh, he said this mule is a great mule. And uh, the guy said, well, will he work? He said, yeah, he'll work. And uh, said, uh, will he be obedient? Yeah, he'll be obedient. And he said, uh, is he a good mule? Oh, yeah, he's a good mule. And he picked up a two-before and hit the mule in the head with it. Wham! He said, man, why do you do that for? He said, well, the first thing you've got to do before you use this mule in working or anything else is to first get his attention. And you know, that's what God has to do to us sometimes. 
he's got to wham us a little bit to get our attention, right? And uh, I know when we were raising our kids, Mama used to take them by the chin and pull them up there so they wouldn't look away and, uh, uh, and get their attention to tell them the instructions that Mama wanted them to have. And uh, sometimes God's got to get our attention. Well, he had to get the attention of these people with all kinds of problems. And they finally came to the Jordan River uh, to cross over into the promised land. And God told Moses, now you're not going to cross over. I'm going to take you away. And Joshua, he, that, that is to say, your assistant Joshua is going to be the man in charge. Wow. This is what the Bible says then in verse 1 of Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now that must have been quite a pronunciation for, uh, uh, for this man Joshua because he had been the follower of Moses and he had been... Uh, Moses' assistant in, uh, in all the work that, uh, that Moses had done. And now God comes and says, now, Moses is dead. I've taken Moses. He's gone. He's not here anymore. And uh, you know that uh, no doubt they relied, uh, all of Israel relied upon Moses and his leadership. But you know, there comes a time when uh, by just natural things that happen, we have to pass from this life on to the life that is to come. And that's what happened to Moses. And so this must have sounded like the role of a funeral dirge for these men to hear this, this statement, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now then, after Moses is dead, now I've got something else planned. You know, God has a plan for all of our lives, amen? He's got a plan for every person. He's got a purpose for every birth. He's got a plan. And we just want to fit into God's plan. Amen? That's what the theme of this church has always been. Uh, this church has always been uh, directed toward fitting into God's plan and doing God's work, God's way. And you can't beat that. And oh, by the way, I want to congratulate you. All of you that have been faithful here and giving money and giving time and giving effort to be here and to see this ministry grow and go, you know, you, you deserve the congratulation. This is a time for you to celebrate. Celebrate the brick victories and blessings that come along with obedience. That is, that is a real joy. That is a real comfort. That is, a, that is an extreme... Uh, uh, satisfaction and, uh, and confidence uh, whenever we look back and see that what we've done has been a success. And that's, that's basically what God is saying here to Joshua. Now, Joshua, you've been with Moses, and he had been with Moses. He had been with Moses in battle. In fact, Joshua had been the captain uh, of the uh, armies of Moses. He was in charge. He was directing when when Moses was uh, deciding and when Moses was leading about uh, the battles that they were going to through, go through, it was Joshua that was carrying out 
the plan that God had given to Moses. And uh, now he comes along and says, Now, uh, just uh, not forget, but uh, uh, just uh, put in the, in, in the background those things that you've experienced. Boy, if I could just give you a good rundown on all that Moses and Joshua had been through, it would be, it would be very impressive to you. I mean, if, can, can you imagine out there in that desert, there was probably one or two, I really don't know, know how many, but maybe as much as one, one half or even two million of these people out there in the desert traveling, going toward the promised land. And, uh, and they had been through all kind of... Can you imagine feeding that many people? How many train loads of food it would take every day to feed that many people? How many, how many train loads of water it would take to supply their water needs and clothes and all of these things that, uh, that they had to depend upon. And they had to depend upon God for every drop of water, for every bite of food, for even their shoes that did not wear out. God did a miracle for them. And uh, he says, now those things are in the past. They've been wonderful. They've been glorious. They've been exciting. They've been, they, they've been uh, impressive and uh, something that God wrote down and keep for us even till this day. But he says, that's, that's in the past. Well, we've had 20 years here. Amen. But all those things that are in the past are in the past. Amen. And now we look forward to a glorious future. He's saying to Joshua, Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet, a foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, uh, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. God says, now, we're going to possess something different than you've had before. Now, the, the future is uh, as bright as the promises of God have been in the past. We, you know, we can, we can rely on God. We can depend on God to take charge of our lives and lead us in every direction He would have us go. He says, now, Moses, he said, or Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead, but now you're going to cross over. You're going to go over the river Jordan, out of the wilderness, into the promised land. You know, God had supplied everything. He even took them over in harvest time. So that when they got over there, there would be food for them to eat. He took them over with a miracle. The, the water of the Jordan River parted for them to walk across. Uh, he took them over with promises. He said, uh, everywhere you go, you're going to be a success. You know, we depend upon God as Christians for the success of our lives that we need. We, we can't get along without Him. We, uh, 
We, we certainly would be in the wilderness forever if it were not for the promise and the victories that the Lord God Almighty gives us. Amen? He says, now you're going to cross over. And this is the way he says, I want you to do this future thing. He said in verse 5, There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of, li- of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. Uh, for unto this people thou de- uh, shalt thou divide an inheritance the land which I give, uh, of which I swear unto thy fathers to give that. He said, now, you know, you're going to go across this, uh, this river Jordan into this promised land, but I want you to know that my promise is with you. What I promised Moses, what I promised your forefathers, I will carry on even in your generation. Well, I could preach a long time on that. From generation to generation, we pass down what we believe. We affect people, not only around us, but even generations that is to come. The effect of a lot of people's lives have made a difference, amen? Look at American history. The effect of of great men like George Washington and John Adams and some of our forefathers... Thomas Jefferson, the effect of their lives and what they believed and stand for is the first, still the very basis of our freedom in America today. Oh, that's a great, that's a great effect. That's, that's a great gift to the generations to come, amen? And listen, after all, that's the purpose of this church, is it not? Not only to meet our needs, but to affect the future generations of people that are down the line coming, Amen? You know, I look back on my own life and I can see the effect of my forefathers on uh, even on us kids today. How that the decisions that my grandfathers made and righteousness and living good and righteous lives even affect us this very day. And so uh, it is true that uh, we, have the, we have the promise of God that... Uh, we're to be the kind of people and that we'll be effective. He said, wherever you walk, I'm going to give you that land. You're going to be effective. What you are and what you stand for is what I'm going to bless and what I'm going to use. Well, how important it is that our families maintain righteousness and the righteous attitude and the righteous teaching that we find in this book and the righteousness of God. But that's what he says. I'm going to, your purpose, the purpose of all of this is uh, so that uh, you can possess the land. All right, in verse 6, he says, be strong and of good courage. Not only is he talking about purpose here, but he's talking about this power of proper decisions. There's power here. Be strong. God said, I want you to be strong. And, uh, and, and get out and possess this land. Uh, you know, uh, God has promised us power, promised the church power. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me. 
And that's, that's, the, that's the power that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a witness for the Lord. And uh, he says here, you be strong. You're going to go across this land over there. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. You know, uh, you, you're, you're going to, you're going to uh, have victories. You're going to have some defeats. But you're going to go over there in that land across the river. Uh, there's opportunities. There's a, there's a special time. And I want you to be strong enough to possess it. God wants us to be strong Christians. He wants us to have power in our Christian experience. He wants us to have power in our lives. You know, we Christians have got all the opportunity to uh, uh, experience uh, spatial, spiritual powers because, you know, greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. And uh, there's miracles that God wants to do through us. There's, there's provision that God wants to do. And I'm, that's another one of my thoughts here, is God is providing. But let me tell you something. There's power that we have as Christians to overcome wickedness, sin, sin, and the devil. Wow. We Christians have something special here. And uh, there's no need for us to walk around defeated. Or to uh, act, uh, as, uh, act as if uh, uh, Satan has uh, uh, overcome us. No, no. We have power in the Lord Jesus Christ. But ye shall receive power. And he said, I want you to be strong and of good courage. Be courageous. Be happy. Be, be happy and joyful in your Christian experience. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. And then in verse 7, he says it again. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. God said, you be strong and very courageous. Uh, you, not, you don't have to be defeated. You, you, don't, you don't have to walk around as if uh, you were uh, lost and lonesome. Uh, be, curry, be courageous, be happy, and be victorious because I'm going to be with you. And that, that's what Jesus promised the church. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And lo, I'm with you. The Lord is here. And he is, he's, he's by our side. Now, in verse 8 it says, uh, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make the, uh, thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Not just power, and purpose, but uh, here he's talking about prosperity. God wants to prosper us. God wants to bless us. He said, I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to bless you. And uh, I'm going to be with you. What a wonderful promise all, all those things are. We, we just depend upon God's promises here. We're, we're not going to try to do this just by, uh, by a scheme or by calculation. 
What we do here in this church and what has been done here for 20 years has been something that depends upon the promise of God and the power of God. You know, you just can't calculate this thing. I mean, no, no way could you imagine that this church could have done all of its done, it has done. I mean, uh, it would seem impossible to pay back all the money that was uh, originally given to make this church possible, pay that all back. That, you know, that, that, that's a lot of money. And you just couldn't get your calculator out here and figure it out. But you know what? You cannot put God in a calculator. You cannot put God in a computer. Why? Because He's a miracle-working God. And let me tell you something right here. It's kind of a side thing, but let me tell you this. That God wants to do a miracle in all of our lives. God's got a miracle for His children. And He says, I'll bless you. I'll prosper you. I'll give you victory. You know what? The Christian life is a very prosperous experience. It's the way of victory in Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that. The prosperity that is found in the Lord. I'll prosper you. Wow. I don't know about you, but the greatest possession that I've ever had in my life have been my wife and children. That, that, to, me, to me, that's been the most important part of my life. I'm called to preach, and I do preach, and I love it with all my heart, and that's the purpose that God's put me on this earth for. But number one, has been my wife and children. And uh, my wife and I, back years ago, when we, we were planning to get married and planning a home, we took the Joshua Pledge. Remember what that is? As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I really would encourage you to do that. Uh, it, to make a formal commitment. Not just to say, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, make an absolute formal commitment at this altar of this church and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There are some of you probably here that do not have a mate that you're married to that goes along with your commitment to Jesus Christ, but you can do that. You can commit whatever you have of your home and your life to the Lord and serve Him. And I, I, I'd like for you to make a formal commitment of that someday. Maybe even this morning. Maybe husbands and wives could join together at the altar today and say, as for me and my house, I mean, tell God that. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's not just a theme uh, for uh, a Christian family, but it's a commitment. It's a commitment to God, and Joshua did that, but... And that's kind of a side out of my sermon this morning. But, uh, you know, when I preach, I put a lot of sermons in there. Two or three at a time. And uh, I hope I'm not boring you this morning. Don't you hate to hear a boring preacher? Wow. I heard about this uh, boring preacher that came to church to preach. And uh, there was an old man in the church that uh, sometimes would go sleep in the church during the sermon and he'd snort while he's sleeping. <laughs> and uh, didn't bother the people. They're kind of used to it. But here comes this guest preacher that's very boring. 
And so they get to the, a little boy and they say to the little boy, Now, Grandpa's going to probably sleep during this sermon and he always snorts and it's going to bother the preacher that's coming in here. So we're going to give you 50 cents to sit here by Grandpa and keep him awake all during this sermon that's coming up. I'm going to give you 50 cents. And so uh, he sat down there by Grandpa Preacher got up to preach, and the couldn't hardly understand him. And uh, he got up there to preach, and sure enough, old grandpa went sound asleep. And while he was, while the preaching was going on, he was sitting there. And uh, after it was over with, they went to the little boy and said, Hey, we gave you 50 cents to keep grandpa awake. While this preacher was preaching, now why didn't you do it? He said, because Grandpa gave me a dollar, let him sleep. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) I'm up here working hard on this sermon, you know that? So don't go to sleep while I'm preaching, amen? If you do, I might throw a songbook at you, right? (laughs) But uh, anyhow... Here's, here's the story. God says to Joshua, now, the past is the past and it's been good. I mean, they really learned some stuff in that wilderness. But he says, now you're going to cross over into the new land, into the future. You know, this is kind of a milestone here this morning. But it really is, it really is something we're setting up here to say, You know, boy, the future is just as good as the promises of God. And God is able to overcome the devil. And through miracles, he's able to supply every one of our need and make us prosperous. You know, as I said, you just can't put God in a computer. That's what a lot of people try to do, though. One guy said, if you define God, I'll believe him. I said, if you would define God, you would deny God. You know what? That would limit God to your definition. And nothing can limit God. And there's no definition for God except to say, God is love. Man. Now I want you to do this. I want you to cross over into the future land. And I want you to be strong. And I want you to make much of my word. Verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, out of thy mouth. You know, that's why we say this is a open door uh, Baptist church, a Bible-believing Baptist church. is because the Bible is our textbook. The Bible is our theme. We believe this book. We don't deny this book. And I'm telling you, I've seen what the wonderful Word of God can do in the lives of multitudes of people all over this world. There's something special about this book. Amen? It really stands. Well, I took 300,000 of them into Baghdad, Iraq. Boy, what a thrill that is to think. I think about 52,000 of them in Damascus, Syria. Arabic Bibles. Uh, 50,000 of them into Europe. Uh, Arabic Bibles. There's something special about these Bibles. Amen? 
something special about this book. And he said, whatever you do, let the word of the Lord be your guide. Let the word of the Lord uh, not depart out of your mouth. You keep the word of God in your heart and in your mouth and you'll have prosperity. I've seen that happen. I'm telling you, I've really seen it happen. The other day, about how many days ago, I buried my brother Kenny. A week and a half. Three weeks ago? It don't seem right. Three weeks ago. Kenny was my closest brother, closest member of my family. His name was Kenneth, and we called him Kenny. He was a special guy. Growing up, there was quite an experience with Kenny. And I was his, uh, I was his favorite. And he took care of me. Nobody better bother me, because I had my brother Kenny. And he's five, he was uh, seven years older than me, and, and Kenny would whip you if he bothered me. Amen. I remember one time, my brother Kenny made me a slingshot. You know, one of them rubber slingshots you pull back and shoot a... We use marbles if we could get them. We'd go out and kill rabbits with them things. We'd bring the rabbits home and cook them up and eat them. Did you ever eat any rabbit? It's good. If it's fried in a deep skillet with a lot of lard. That's where we're headed. <laughs> Nobody uses lard for anything anymore. But we did. And uh, I had that special slingshot. Boy, it was a good one. And I had it around my neck, hanging down here. And uh, in the summertime, we didn't wear any shirts. We just wore our Adam shirt. And uh, we were out there, and I was out there, and this bully riding a bicycle came down over a hill down to our house. Everybody called me Jinx. I won't tell you why, but that's what they called me. And this guy came down there, and his name was Jack Smart, but he was anything but smart. <laughs> he, wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been doing what he did if he had been smart. He came down there, and he grabbed my slingshot and said, Give me that, Jinx! And he pulled it over. My, my ears almost came off with it. And he rode off on his bicycle with my new slingshot. And I stand there crying. Here came Kenny. What you, what you crying about, Jinx? I said, Jack Smart just stole my slingshot. He said, where'd he go? Where'd he go? I said, he went down toward Highland Playground. Boy, he took off. Running, hard as he could run. Pretty soon here came Jack Smart on his bicycle back. He had a red spot here on his cheek. A little blood here in his nose. And he came up and he said, here, Jinx, here's your slingshot. And I'm sorry that I took it from you. Would you please forgive me? I said, you saw my brother Kenny, didn't you? I said, you better leave me alone, Jack Smart, because the next time you bother me, my brother Kenny's going to kill you. <laughs> I could be strong, see? I had a brother Kenny. Nobody better bother me. But uh, my brother Kenny was out in the backyard uh, hunting like he... He was quite a hunter, and he had a heart attack, dropped over dead. 
Well, my brother Kenny is a real Christian guy, and I know where he is today. I don't doubt that one bit. And, you know, it was hard for me to cry at the funeral because uh, I know where Kenny was, and I know that he didn't have any more emphysema, and he didn't have any more bad heart. And uh, 85 years old, he just turned 85 a few days before he died. Wow. What a wonderful promise that I have. I'll see him again someday. Isn't that a mar- marvelous promise? Yeah, I, I, I miss him already. I thought, uh, I think it was not last night, but now I think the night before, I went to bed thinking, I'm going to call Kenny tomorrow about such and such. But that'd be a long-distance call, amen? But I miss him. But what a wonderful promise I have, amen? That because of the Word of God and because of what we believe and stand for, God Almighty is going to prosper us and He's going to give us an inheritance in the land of heaven for eternity. Well, I've just preached so long this morning. I just uh, have to watch myself. Pete said, the older you get, the longer you preach. That's true. But I can tell time. And uh, I know it's uh, getting a little bit late, but I, I have to tell you this. You know, the Lord is so good to us. And I, I have a lot to preach about. You know that? I get up and preach and preach and preach. I'm kind of like the guy, the preacher that... Uh, uh, every time he get up to preach, he reach in his pocket and put a, a, a search in his mouth. And it would take about 30 minutes for that to dissolve. And when he knew that it was time to get, I mean, that was dissolving, it was time to quit. And uh, one day he got up and he preached for two hours. And he kept on preaching and preaching and preaching. And somebody said, Pastor, how come you preach so long this morning? He said, well, you know, he said, it's my habit. When I get up to preach, I put a search in my mouth. And about the time it dissolves, about time I should quit preaching. Well, I said, yeah, we know that, we, we know that you do that, Pastor. Uh, but how come you preach so long? He said, because when I reached in my pocket this morning, he said, and get it, instead of getting a, certain, a search, I got a button. <laughs> it takes a while to dissolve it, Amen. But I'll tell you something. God says to Joshua, you go on over and possess the land. You be strong. You depend upon my promises. And you take the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. And he said, wherever you go, I'm going to bless you. I don't know about you, but I want God's promises in my life. I want God's prosperity in my life. I want God's power in my life. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to, I don't want to forfeit that for anything that's more important to me than anything in this world. Wow. Here a while back you mentioned Kenny. Kenny and I went down to a little town near where we grew up. Quincy, Ohio. And there in the corner of one of the streets in that town is a little old church. And uh, it's not far from the railroad tracks. 
right where the road crosses, that little church. And, well, you can imagine all the noise the train makes going through there. And back to years ago, when I was a boy, the engines on the trains were powered by coal. Now, you don't know New York City what it was like when all the engines in the train in this town were powered by coal. I mean, you talk about air pollution. You've never seen any air pollution like that air pollution was. The whole place was full of smoke. And them old trains would go down through there and whenever the preacher would get up to preach, sometimes we'd have to close the windows so the smoke wouldn't come in and the noise of the engine. And he'd have to quit preaching when the train went by, rattling the place, you know, and making noise. I went to hear him preach one night when I was just a boy, teenage boy. I'd been really struggling in my life with doubts and with temptations and with problems, abundant problems, more than I could handle. You know, I don't know how people handle their life without the Lord. I don't know that. It'd be so difficult. And uh, I was making the wrong decisions as a as a young man, and I was headed in the wrong direction. I won't tell you where I was headed, but I was headed in the wrong direction. And I went to hear a preacher preach one night, and he got up and preached the Word of God. Boy, that was a powerful sermon. He had the longest finger of any man ever lived because he pointed the whole way from that Bible down to my heart. And he preached a powerful message. I remember to this day what he preached. And after he got through preaching, we all stood and we started singing that old song, uh, Oh, do not let the word depart, nor close thine eyes against the light. Poor sinner, harden not your heart. Be saved, oh, tonight. And I walked down the aisle that night and I knelt at the altar and I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Not all my problems were solved. They're still not all solved. But at least I had found a way to have victory in my soul through Jesus Christ. And it turned me around. It turned me around so that I gave my life to the Lord. You know what? I gave my life to the Lord and I've never taken it back. I don't want it back. I'd mess it up if I took it back. I gave my life to the Lord that night. I trusted Him as my Savior. And Jesus Christ came into my heart and life and gave me everlasting peace. Now that's not something He just gave me and give it to anybody that calls upon Him. For the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One of uh, Pete and Julia's little boys quoted me that this morning. That's so true. The Roman road we call it. And at the end of the Roman road, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a wonderful promise that is. That's the power of God. That's the the beginning of God's prosperity. That's the promise of God. And we rely upon that for everlasting life and for victory in the future. I'd ask you this morning, Have you ever taken Christ as your Savior? 
If not, do it today. I said, well, Dr. Clayton, I don't understand all the doctrine and all the story. I, nobody can understand it all. We just take it by faith. There's plenty of evidence out there. The lives that have been changed by the preaching of the gospel, the victories that we find in Jesus Christ, answers to prayer, all of these things are very evidence of what the Bible says in that verse is true, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now you can do that this morning. Don't go away this morning without doing that. And God says, He says, I'll give you the opportunity someday to cross over the Jordan River. That is, cross over through death to the promised land. And that's heaven. You know, it kind of comes down to this. You get saved. It's heaven here. (laughs) It really is heaven here. It's heaven here and heaven there. That's the promises of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. While our heads are about and eyes are closed, I want to ask you some questions this morning, if I can, before I preach. How many of you have been saved? You know Christ is your Savior through the ministry of this church, either here at the church or at your home, in visitation or a track or something. Through the ministry of this church, you've been saved. Let me see your hands. Hold them up, would you, this morning? Oh, that's a host of hands. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you very much. You can put them. How many of you here this morning said, Brother Clayton, I was saved some other place? Maybe like my wife was saved in Wichita and I was saved in Ohio. But you've been saved somewhere else, but you know you're saved this morning. Let's see your hands. Oh, that's a bunch too. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless us today. How many would say, Preacher, I never have been saved. I've never taken Christ as my Savior. I don't have the promise of heaven being my home and God my Father. But preacher, I, 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 I want that. I want to know Christ. I, I want to be acquainted with Him. I want to come by faith to Him and have all my sins forgiven and have a brand new life. Please pray for me this morning. Would you slip up your hands? How many in the audience? Pray for me. Yes, God bless you. Several hands. How many others? Just hold it up today. Yes, I see your hand. God bless you. Yes, I see your hand. And I'm going to pray for you. Sure am. Because I love you. I want to, uh, you know, we're so proud to see people come to church with us, but we're more more happy to know that they're going to go to heaven with us. We want you to go to heaven with us. That's the theme of our preaching. That's the goal of our purpose is to win you to Christ. Let's all stand together, please, with our heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'm going to pray this morning.